This is Agents Influence Podcast. You that are struggling today, that are like, oh, I can't figure this out, or we're behind. Dude, you're just not working hard enough. That may piss some people off because they're like, oh, I work hard every day. You're not working hard enough on the things that are going to position your business to win over the next 10 years. What you're doing is working on the day-to-day policy changes and stuff that either should be automated or you need to hire someone that makes less than you. So if I can take a process that normally I would do and teach someone else how to do it, I just save the company money and free myself up to do more things that I should be doing based on my position in the company. I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently. Change your agency. Change your finances. Change your family. And in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley. I am your host. And today we have uh, one of probably one of my oldest friends in the insurance industry. Uh, you know him as Cass, Jason Cass, the founder of the Grow Program of uh, JDC Insurance, now the Insurance Alliance. He's your favorite Centralia insurance agent. I give you Jason Cass. Thank you, Hanley. And when you say oldest, we got to let it know like time-wise. As far as age-wise, I'm just 39. I am older than him, but it's most important, we're part of the Xennials, and that's what makes us awesome, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty fun to find out that we're part of the coolest generation in history and that everyone else can suck it. I mean, it's pretty much something we already knew, Ryan. It was just like, now it's official, like someone wrote about it, you know? Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. So for those of you who aren't keeping up, there was this whole article written in New York Times or someplace, I can't even remember, that um, was basically, there's there's this weird generation where where the Gen, uh, Gen Xers hit the millennials, which is like 80 to 81, that there's actually this weird in-between generation because there's like six or seven years of people who grew grew up to like age 10 completely analog and then have lived the rest of their life uh, digital and that they're different than the uh, Xers or the millennials and really they're the greatest generation in history, both the smartest um, but oh, also yeah. having for the world so yeah, yeah they said it was uh 77 to 83 is what they said um but yeah they said that uh the gen x's were born analog raised analog the millennials are born digital raised digital we and the xennials were born uh analog and raised digital just like you said so yeah they said 77 to 83 but who knows the point is we're living proof of it's yeah. awesome yeah and so i always thought it was just um you know, like the way that I was raised and where I came from. And really, I found out that I was that that we were basically born to be this great, that that that's basically what I read out of that article. It's like it was like that ah, ah, moment is like, boom, there's the proof. Now it's just not me saying it in Hanley. It's that. And the thing is, Ryan, as I said before, 
Oh, you and I were talking about this. Like we were talking about this like in 2010, 2011. Like like we were like, dude, there's this weird thing of these people about this age. And 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 boom, it was written. So I think that was cool. But Ryan, thank you. Thank you very much, man, for for having me on Agency Nation. I mean, dude, I love what you're doing. You're straight killing it. Like you said, you and I have been been together and been been talking about a lot of the stuff that's going on since 2010, man. And and um I'm just going to tell you because this is your podcast and that's fine, but I'm, I'm super proud of you, dude. And uh, we, we had to take the message directly to the independent insurance agents and you you know, you, you were given a great platform, but you've built this platform. And I mean, the, the stuff that you're doing for agents, even at trustedchoice.com, but the, the content you're putting out, the staff that you've put together, the videos that you're making, being able to have those connections with the, uh, the executives and the insurance companies and just taking it straight to their eardrum to say, this is what's important, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Not to mention your, your new show you've got going on. I love the fact that I get to watch you make your coffee, bro. <laughs> well, that is very kind of you to say. Um, I appreciate all of it. Uh, it, it has been, um, I, it is a labor of love that I know you appreciate. And, uh, there's this weird thing that, I don't think either one of us growing up would have thought that we would fall in love with this industry as much as we have. And in particular, the people and what the people do for, you know, insurance consumers and this, this crazy industry that we're in. And, um, you know, I think whether given the title or not, I think we both feel uh, a stewardship for the industry in whatever way we can. Not that, not that we know have all the answers that not even close. Um, but I think uh, we're both in search of the answers and and as we find them, we're comfortable sharing them. And uh, and I think that that's I, I personally feel when I wake up in the morning, that's my role, right? I, I'm not trying to tell people how to live their lives or, or run their business, but my role is to go find things out, whether it's tools or people that are doing cool stuff or or you know companies that are that are making moves or saying things or whatever it is. I feel like it's my job to take that information, put it in a place that agents consume it and use it or don't use it, right? I mean, that's right. Take it and, and print out my article and burn it in effigy to my idiot to my idiocrity. I, I don't idiocrity is definitely not a word. But um but you know, th- that's the point, right? I mean, people can do whatever they want with it and uh and it's so much fun, man. I I, I and I, I didn't expect to go here, but I do think I wake up, man, and I feel blessed. My my wife says all the time because you know you 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 complain to your wife, your your spouse. You know what totally. I mean? Like every everybody's job, and even if you love it, you complain. I'll, I'll be like bitching about something, and she'll be like, "Yeah, but you love it." And I was like, Ugh, "Yeah, you're right. I do." Sometimes I do. the things that we love the most are the things we bitch about the most. You know, that's just the way that it is. It really yeah. is. So our uh, our leadership team got into an argument the other day about something, and um, and we were just battling. I mean, real hardcore battle. And uh, and we got done, and everyone takes a deep breath, and then uh, we came back like an hour later, and and kind of finished up the discussion. And uh, you know, we started the second hour of our of our discussion around this around this topic with. You know, we all kind of were like, all right, we got our heads together. You know what I mean? Like, let's move forward with this conversation. And and it wasn't dysfunctional. It was just, it was like six passionate people. And, um, and I think that's fun. You know, I mean, that was one of the things when we were spending so much time together that I loved about hanging out with you was that, you know, you're crazy as hell, but, but Man. damn, if you don't care. Right. And, and, and I think, I think just surrounding yourself with people who give a shit. Right. I mean, that's the thing, man. That's it's right. like. 
there's so many there's so many people in this industry who care so much and and are painted with this with this brush of you know we need to be swept aside because there's a bottom 15 or 20 percent of our industry that legitimately need to either retire or just be cut out of the herd and everybody else is so freaking good at what they do and what I don't want to have happen is everyone suffer because of this top level perception of our industry because we all know under the surface it's not true that's right amen to everything you just said man amen to everything you just said for real. That was a very heavy way to start the show. So, no, okay. I love it. So, yeah. They're getting right. ready to be, so oh, this is a treat, man. This is you and I, treat. baby. This is you and I. <laughs> this is actually, for those who are listening, this is actually the way that Cass and I talk to each other. So um, so let's get the show back on track. Um, so what are you seeing in the market, man? I know you talk to a lot of agents. You have the grow program. You do these masterminds. You're running your own agency. Um, you know, just talk to me a little bit about just high level. What's on your brain? Like, what are you seeing in the marketplace? Uh, what's, what's working? I mean, you come from a very unique position that you, uh, kind of geographically isolated to a certain extent in the <laughs> middle of Southern Illinois, the land of milk uh, and honey, you know, like if there, like someone, if anyone ever asked where nowhere is you, your town is literally right in the middle of it. Like, you know, you're like, Oh, just call me. Like I'm standing right in the middle of it. Uh, no, I, I kid, but, um, no, you're not, you know, what, what, <laughs> So what are you seeing, man? What's going on out there? Man, dude, it's exciting right now for real. And um, when I say that, like, uh, man, I could go every, I could go anywhere with this, with this uh, question. Um, yeah. And, and, and I am, I'm in Southern Illinois, 70 miles right outside of St. Louis, Missouri, um, in Illinois, right? Literally, uh, Hanley likes to say that like when he flies around America, like he flies over the parking lot, which he calls the Midwest. So all you Midwest people send him an email right now saying it is not a parking lot, dude. This is the bread and butter land of milk and honey right here of America. Okay. This is not true the blue. entire Midwest. I just waved down to Centralia. And He's I trying say, to get ah. out of it, guys. He's trying to get out of it. Don't let him do it. So anyways, man, the, you know, the industry right now is really rocking and rolling. And, and one of the things that I'm starting to see really a lot, and, and, and for anybody who doesn't know me, I'm, I'm kind of like Hanley. I, I go on rants, so I'll have to bring myself back and Hanley will try, but then Hanley will get on a rant and then we won't know where we are. We'll end up in never, never land in Centralia. So the, this is a the, pro tangent podcast, dude. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. So one of the things that I'm really starting to see is, is, you know, it used to be all about digital marketing and, and, and a lot of social media and stuff like that. And that's still important and all that. But I'm starting to see like a dip, uh, a deeper level what's going on with agents out there. And it's starting to get more into the agency workflows and procedures and automating, automating that stuff. Um, not so much just automating some of the things that you can do social and digital, whether you should be automating that or not. And these little things, should I be doing Facebook ads and blah, 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 blah. Hanley, one of the things that you and I, you and I know is that when we would come out with like different ideas and topics, like you and I, a lot of the stuff that you and I would try to create in 2011, 2012, 20, whatever it could be earlier on would fail. And the reason why you and I would talk about it'd be like two months, two years later, all of a sudden agents would start asking about that. And we're like, dang, man, we're like, we got to start thinking about where agents are now because we're into the future. But I still accept that role. And I think you do too, as to what's out there. And I'm starting to see that agents 
are really like, they're the same way now. They're starting to get really into what can I do internally in my office to help deal with the customer, the customer experience? What can I do internally in my office to actually make it better working with my companies so that we're able to be more productive? Um, we are part of society to where, you know, things are getting uh, to where... Uh, the cost of everything is going up, whether it be your labor, all of our expenses are going up and we're trying to look at where can we cut things? Where can we make a better culture for our agency? Um, where can we have better relationships? Not only, um, once again, internally, but also with our companies. These are things that we usually, I have, since I've been in the insurance industry since 01, I really haven't heard these talked about. Um, and now we're even getting even further into this. And this is what I like. I mean, I'm just speak my own mind. That's what I like about some of the agents that, that I I really deal with a lot is that, yeah, we're on those processes and those workflows. And, and, but it's like, what is it more than just like, okay, well, once we get a quote, this is the system that we go through. No, it's what other systems can we apply into that system that is going to make it better for us. I'm really fascinated right now with, with artificial intelligence, man. I'm like overloaded with it. I think on my podcast, people are probably getting tired of me talking about it, but I think it is like so huge. Um, on what's going on. And, you know, I was just talking with Jeff Roy the other day, yeah, actually yesterday, and we were talking about artificial intelligence and these chatbots and these chatbots that you can have, you know, on your website to where people can, uh, you know, like a chat, but it's really just a, uh, um, artificial intelligence and they're able to learn whether they're hard coded, soft coded, whatever. They're able to be able to learn, um, and so that they can answer questions better and better. And one of the things that Jeff said was, is, and it really blew my mind as he said, this isn't so much just about typing anymore. This is going to be audio. And he said, think about the artificial intelligence that when someone calls into your office and they know your voice, kind of like if you have Google Home or you have Alexa right now, they're to the point where they can distinguish, I have Google Home, they can distinguish the difference between me, my wife, and my son's voice. Think about when that person's calling into your agency and immediately they're going to be able to recognize the voice and be able to, right now you have these management systems that when someone calls in, it recognizes the phone number and boom, pops up the screen to the agency management to that client. Well, think about when that stuff starts happening off voice. And then when you start thinking about, okay, do I need to be answering that phone if that automation can actually really solve majority of those problems? Now, I always talk about this a lot, Hanley. I always talk about the things that are unseen, right? You, Those are the things that we can't really deal with. I mean, 10 years ago, we didn't know that we would have this phone that would fit about the size of our hand that would fit in our pocket and would give us the answer to everything. So sometimes when we start contemplating like, what is this going to look like? What's my agency going to look like? It's okay that you can't see that. But what you have to be is that you, you have to be starting to really look at things and say, you know what? It was when it comes to the cell phone, okay, or when it comes to Google, I should have known that I wasn't going to have to call my grandpa at 11 o'clock at night because I heard a song on the jukebox and I can't remember the name of it, but grandpa knows all the songs ever recorded, right? Grandpa is now out of business because I can just go to Google and put it in and bang, I know what the name of the song is. We should have been able to stop there for a minute and say, okay, this is a big inconvenience. So where are we going to go with this inconvenience? And so to answer your question, to come back, it's, I think we can really I'm really proud of the way that the independent insurance system right now is looking at the customer experience. But to create the customer experience, you got to have solid workflows. You got to have solid procedures. And it's great if you have great marketing and advertising and you bring them into your office. But are you giving them the experience that's going to want to make them stay? And so overall, that's what I'm really excited about right now. We're having a deeper 
a deeper conversation about things that really matter to the customer and to our companies. Uh, amen. I, I couldn't agree more with you about the whole idea of customer experience. I'm, I'm as geeked out on AI as you are. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why Elevate 2017, the whole crux of the thing was customer experience okay. is because these deeper conversations um, are happening. And I wanted to create a place that everyone could come together and, and mix with other people that I knew were having those conversations. Right. And, and actually someone asked me the other day, what is Elevate 2018 going to be about? And I was like, we're just going to re-rack customer experience, man, because right now there is literally nothing in the next 12 to 24 months that I see that's more important than the idea of customer experience. And, and that encapsulates things like technology and AI and, and things like sales, right? Yep. I mean, it's all uh, A to Z, baby, A to Z. Yeah. It's the whole deal. What is it? So, and we're actually doing this internally at trustedchoice.com. I am, I just commissioned a project with my team. I want to know, I want to map out everything from the very first time a, a potential a customer of our business. So this would be agents in this, in this, in this uh, case, um, the very first time they hear about trustedchoice.com or agency nation and then how do we, and then I want to take that all the way to their first year with us, right? I want to map out what does our, what does every touch point look like? What do we want them to do? What do they want? And then, and map out that experience in a perfect world. And then I want to overlay what we do today, which I know is not going to be close to what we really want. We're, we're working hard on that. And then, so, so this is the business intelligence side, right? So once I see the overlay of what we're doing today on top of what we're actually doing, I can start to deploy capital resources, human resources, technology to serve those needs so that agents who want to use our product from start to finish feel the appreciation that we have today for them today that they're not feeling, right? There's, there's a lot of agents. I mean, we would be. It's, our product, I think, is a, is a is a good, not great product today. It gets better every day. But there are a lot of agents that have had negative experiences with us that really are our fault. Not that they didn't get value from the product, but we weren't, we didn't position our business properly. Well, independent agents are doing the same exact thing. They're providing a great service, but they don't necessarily, they have never taken the time to map out that customer journey and that experience. And it, And because of that, they're doing things are not happening or are happening that are creating a negative experience for the customer. There's a reason why, dude. They don't even realize. They There's a reason it. why. The reason why they can't map it out is because they're not doing it consistently. See, now I understand that. What I, and what I mean by that is the customer never comes in the same way. I get it. And they are every customer's a fingerprint. It's different, right? But there still has to be some kind of mapping that gets done, but they're never doing it you consistently. Think that's true. Hold on a second. Do you think that's true? Do you think every customer is a snowflake? I, I, is that, is that what you honestly believe? Okay. Well, let me say this. Every customer is, there's probably 20 to 30 snowflakes, but it's just to say, because they all have their own unique needs or whatever it could possibly be. That was be. an honest question. I, I wasn't questioning it. I was, no. I was just asking that. No, I agree. To say everyone's unique. I mean, well, everybody is unique, but when it comes in, there's, you know, there's a certain 
five, 10. You know, I, when I was taught in the business, one of my, uh, my mentor, my number one mentor to this day, Mike Beard, he told me when he ever hired me, he said, the very, yeah, I know, Beard Man's awesome. And he sent me down and he said, what you're going to do is you're going to sit there and you're going to answer that phone day one, answer the phone. I looked right at him. I said, what are you talking about, dude? I was like, I don't know anything about insurance. And he said, listen, Jason, there's only about 10 or 15 questions that everybody's going to probably ask you. Once you figure out those 10 or 15 questions and the answers to them, he said, you're going to be a rock star. What was amazing to add on top of that is about three weeks into the business, I was talking to this gentleman and he's just firing questions at me and 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 this customer this uh, customer is and I'm answering them all and he said to me he said boy how long you been in the business you about know everything there is to know about insurance and that took my like my confidence and just like shot it to the moon man and and I thank Beard so much for that but going back to it it really, at the end of the day, there is only so many questions they ask. Now, once you get on the phone and you start asking deeper questions, like what we do as independent insurance agents, yes, okay, then it can become literally a snowflake. But at the initial coming in, I think it is. But here's the deal. We're never mapping that out. And even though if it is coming in from five different ways, it should be able to be funneled back into, okay, this is how we do our quoting process, or this is how we do our service process, or this is how we do onboard somebody, or this is how we do upsell or cross sell. There needs to be that. So going back to what you're saying, I love that. It's asking them to map it out, you know, and, and it really truly is because I, I was taught uh, a couple years ago and uh, I'm not taught. I was told. I cannot even remember who the person was. They said, what we do is, is we constantly look at our process and procedure. And what I'm looking for is I'm trying to figure out what part of that can I automate and still keep that experience as if it wasn't automated. And I really, really do like that. I really, really do like that. I also think that sometimes automating things, we get the initial thought of, oh, well, that takes away from the personal touch. Folks, we deal with companies every day today that have taken away that personal touch and we know it's automated, but it's still providing value. And we're like, hey, I didn't get that before when it was just a human. Now I'm getting it and getting it. And even though it's automated, it was a value to me. So I, 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 I really applaud you for doing that, man. And really, um, I'd love for you to actually hit back over the next four or five months about what did that mapping journey look like, you know, because I think that's where you could really help agents and saying, all right, well, this is what this looks like here at Agency Nation as a template. Like these are the, these are the checkpoints that we looked at. These were the mile markers that we used. Now that gives an agent to be able to say, oh, okay, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. What is, and now that I kind of have that roadmap, I can use it for my own industry. So I do applaud you for that and challenging your team, man. That's awesome. So to be honest with you, you, you kind of hit on where we're going. This is like a learning experience for me too. And once we have that map down, I'm going to try to genericize it to a certain extent to what an agency can use. And then I was thinking I would just create like a little free course, video course with like a download of the actual procedure itself that agents can Love take. That. So, so I'm hoping to have that done. It's going to, this is going to take a while. Like this isn't like a done tomorrow Dude, kind of no, thing. Long time. So maybe look for that in like early 2018. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for it because uh, I think you know, th this is the kind of stuff that takes you to the next level. You know, one, one of the ideas that I've been having lately is this idea of haves and have nots, right? And that what I think is really interesting today is that um, the haves and have nots have nothing to do with how big your agency is, where your agency is located, or how much money your agency makes. It's completely hustle. It's all how hard are you going to work, right? right? Mm -hmm. So the agencies that are struggling today that are like, oh, I can't figure this out or we're behind, dude, you're just not working hard enough. 
And that may sound, you may, that may piss some people off because they're like, oh, I work hard every day. I'm, you're not working hard enough on the things that are going to, that are going to uh, position your business to win over the next 10 years. That's right. What you're doing is working on the day-to-day policy changes and taking customer phone calls and stuff that either should be automated or you need to hire someone that makes less than you. Like I think about this all the time. Like I'm an executive in this company. The time, if, if it takes me an hour to do something, it costs the company more than if one of my strategists does it, right? That's yeah. just, that's just great economics. So if I can take a process that normally I would do and, and teach someone else how to do it, and then he or she does it moving forward, I just save the company money and freed myself up to do more things that I should be doing based on my position in the company and the amount of uh, income that I make and you know what I take out of the company. So, so these are the kind of the things that we have to be thinking about as insurance business professionals, right? We need to get out of that technician's mindset and move into the insurance business professional, a, a business owner. And, you know, I look at examples like, like, uh, I'm actually interviewing him for the podcast, uh, hopefully in the next week or so, Seth Zaremba from Zinc Insurance. This dude, when you talk to him, he, yeah, he's an insurance guy, but every question he asks, every new system or process he tests in his agency is a business decision. It is a, it's just, you look at him and then you look at someone who just shows up, flips their lights on and looks at coverage all day. And it is night and day. And he's now got a huge office, uh, completely location agnostic, absolutely crushing it out of Ohio. And you would, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing different between him and an, and an agency that's a tenth his size. They could do the, all the things he could do. He just decided to actually do that. That's exactly it, man. You know, I've heard, man, I've been learning this so much. You know, life, business, so many things are simple. It's just consistently doing them is the hard part, for real. I mean, you know, I, oh, I talk yeah. about this all the time. Well, I, not all the time. This is what I've been talking about. I just created this new uh, presentation uh, for agents back in. Uh, I've been working on it since December, and I, I got, I got overwhelmingly uh, obsessed with this book called Fanatical Prospecting. I, I literally have almost read it three times. I, I'm not probably going to get all the way through the third time, but I did because, like, it really made me a believer into the number one most important thing you can do to be successful in the sales arena. I'm not talking in your agency. I'm talking in the sales arena is prospect. You know, the guy even says that the number one rule of holes is, is when you're in one, quit digging. But the number one rules of sales is when you're in a slump, start prospecting. And I really, really love that. And that hit me in my head that it's really, really easy to make millions of dollars in this industry. You just have to pick up the phone or you have to send the emails or you have to go to the networking events consistently every day. It's very, very simple. My boy, uh, Billy Williams, Billy Williams from Inspire a Nation. He says it all the time. He was a national recruiter. Um, for the military. I can't remember what branch. Forgive me for that, Billy. But he was their national number one recruiter. And he said, Jason, he said, there's only five places that I'm going to be able to recruit people into the military. And there's five campaigns that I need to run to each one of those people. And if I did that consistently every day, he said, I was the number one recruiter. He said, when I retired and I came into the insurance industry, all I did was, is I took where I found out my five main prospects are coming from. I took five campaigns and I run each one of those campaigns to each one of those five prospects. And he says, it's not surprising that I now own 78 agencies and have ownership in over 300. The point 
is, like he said, he said, folks, this is not rocket science. It's very simple. The hard part is doing it every day and finding that discipline. And I think, I think trying to be a good father's that way. I think if you're trying to be a good athlete, it's that way. So it's the exact same way in our, in, in our business. It's finding that and trying to do that little thing every day, I think is the, is, is, is the separator. It's not difficult. It's doing that. And I'm speaking to myself. I'm not like saying I'm perfect at this. This is something that we all go through and prospecting is the same exact way. See, I would actually say it is difficult. It's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And that's why so few people actually right. do it is because it is hard. Like it takes work. Um, you know, I, and I'll, t- I'll give you a, a real life example. So I recently found myself at uh, 212 pounds, which I'm six foot three. I probably can hide it. Uh, I can probably hide it pretty well. You know, like when I tell people that I've been that I've been working on eating healthier and losing weight, they're like, "Oh, you're so skinny as it is." And I, I think it's just because I was able to hide it pretty well. But I was definitely overweight, and um, and uh, I committed myself to lose to getting down to 190, which is uh, a much healthier weight for me. It's still not skin and bones, but it's a healthy weight that if I can sustain over the long term, I'll position myself to hopefully live longer, spend more time with the kids, all these things that are very important to me. And um, it has been incredibly difficult, incredibly, incredibly difficult because you formed all these habits. It's so easy. Like, Oh, I'll just grab a handful of pretzels or just one beer. It's a Tuesday. I had a lot of phone calls today and I need to relax. Yep. Or, you know what I mean? And all those things add into your calorie count. I'm not going to get into macronutrient tracking, which is what I do. I also Ooh, do something geek. called intermediate. Yeah. I also have this really cool app that's about, I'm, I'm really into intermediate fasting, which for anyone who's looking to lose weight, email me. There's super, super simple. I'm not a guru, but I, but I'll tell you what's worked for me. And I'm down 22 pounds uh, or 21 pounds. I uh, am one pound away from my goal of 190. It's taken me over three months. I've had to completely reset the way I eat. I've had to completely reset the way I live my life. Um, when I'm on the road, it's very difficult. Um, and I've, I've had to figure out a whole new way of operating so I can meet these goals I have. And it's difficult. And it's why, you know, why many people never are, are, why our world becomes more obese, why our world, why people don't achieve the goals they want, because changing your lifestyle, changing your habits and doing the hard work of being consistent and pushing through the slog. And I, I had a, I, 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 I went on a trip and I completely lost focus and I was gone for three days and I lost my routine and I put on uh, like three or four pounds in three days, right? Because I just, I ate, drank a bunch of beer. You know how it is when you go to these conferences and I had a couple burgers and and it was like very disheartening. Like, oh my God, I'd done all this work and then I just put this weight back on in no time. And, uh, and then you got to get back on the horse and keep pushing. And I completely agree with you, man. It's like, this, all this stuff that we're talking about is just, it's about having, it's about wanting something more and believing in something bigger and, uh, and, and, and pushing through the dip. You have to push through it. If anyone, if you have, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't read Seth Godin's The Dip, go out and read it. It'll take you four hours to read the book. And it's in, and the idea will stick with you the rest of your life. And anytime you're feeling down or feeling like something's not working or feeling like you're going to give up, if you can reach back into your bookcase and pull that book out or just hold the idea in your head of these dips happen and the winners push through them, I promise you, you're going to get to where you want to go. Pushing through the dip? Is that what you said? 
It's just the book is just called The, the Dip. Dip. Okay. Uh, by Seth Godin, just the dip. It's it's a really really good book. It like I said, it's one of his um, it's one of his short reads. So it might take you four or five hours to plow through this thing tops. I mean, you can blow right through it. Um, but the whole the concept behind it is is phenomenal, especially for for business people trying to take their take their game to the next level. Yeah, it is. The plateaus are tough. The dips are tough. Uh, yeah. You know, we, I, I, I do. I help agents to grow and program and whatever. And what a lot of people don't know is handling it. I actually, you came up with the name, dude. Remember generating revenue online workshops? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was back in the day, man. Uh, that's when we were still in diapers. But uh, I, I do grow, but I, I have a, I have an obsession with my with my agency. I mean, that's what I am, and that's what I do 80, 85% of the time. And, and this is tough as can be, but we are. I mean, we're, we're ta- constantly trying to go through those. When I'm talking about workflows and procedures, I'm talking about myself. You know, I'm talking about trying to map this out. And what's so crazy is, 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 is getting your team to understand that, like, from someone of me, I don't necessarily think that I should be coming up with that workflow, maybe the procedures, but the workflow, it's, it's how dare for me to sit here and say, well, this is how we should do it. Um, and I do, but I want to give it to my team and I want them to massage it because they're on the front lines, right? You know, it's kind of like being a commander sitting back in, in Washington, DC, trying to dictate to the people out on the front lines, like, this is how you should do it. Well, you should, here's our overall strategy. But once you get there, I need you to make those adjustments. And that's that's, and that's one of those tough things. So, so being as an agency owner is being con, doing a lot of consistent things. That's what I do, and that's what I love to do. Um, I, 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 I'm proud of you on your weight, man, because that goes back to what we were talking about. Though, is that it's just about doing things consistently, and you are so exactly right. Now, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna make your listeners mad because I, I'm being serious when I say this. Like, I have, I'm having the opposite problem. Like, you know what? Let's just have this conversation, America, okay? I want you to know, as a skinny guy out there, that we have this uh, this this thing that it's okay to say to some skinny guy like, wow, man, you're skinny. You ought to put on some weight. But yet, if someone who's overweight, you can't say like, man, hey, you're fat. You should lose weight. See, like it, 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 we were never really have thought about this, but I want everybody to know out there that there are skinny guys like me that we're trying to eat as much as we can. Okay. We're really, really trying to gain weight. And you're like, Oh man, I wish that was my problem. Listen, it's like saying that, Hey, I have so much business. That must be a good problem to have. Yeah. It is a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. And, and, and I think we have to think that. So I want everybody out there to realize that when you see that skinny person and you say, man, you are so skinny. Oh my gosh. Believe me, it is very frustrating. I mean, I am watching my weight, not watching it to go down. I'm literally, I mean, right now I am drinking like these, these energy drinks. I'm, I'm going out. I just found a new one that you can make a 12 ounce drink and it gives you 500 calories. I mean, I am downing these things. I really truly am. And I know people are like, Oh, no, believe me. If you were on this side and you were trying to go up, you'd be just as frustrated as you are on the other side trying to go down. So I just want to give that to everybody. That's not something a lot of people think about, but it's difficult because I get tired of drinking those drinks, but it's something I got to consistently do to try and get my stuff up. Now, where I'm very similar to you though, Hanley, which is this is probably one of my weight problems, is I, I quit drinking all alcohol. 
Okay. I'm not putting anything poisonous in my body at whatsoever. I quit drinking soda. I have went to this thing. This is kind of going back to what you and I were talking about the other day. Like I'm leveling up my life. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to level up. I want to take my life to the, I've been a speaker. I'm an author. I've got uh, one of the number one, Hanley would say number two podcasts in the industry where I'm doing my things. I'm growing my agency. Things are just uh, fantastic. I'm great in my community, big time, do videos, whatever. That's, that's to the point now where I want to level up. Like I really don't even want to do most of that stuff anymore. Outside of my agency, I want to try to level up my life and I'm looking at it with a fine, with a, with a microscope and saying, where can I, I'm really obsessed right now with Tim Ferriss. I really am obsessed with him because he's like made me start thinking like there's other things that are going to make you happy and you got to start with your fur, yourself first. And we've always heard that. But what are you really doing? And man, I'm so with you right now. I mean, my buddies yesterday across the street, I live on a golf course and, and right across the street, my buddies, they're, they're all meeting in their garage and they're drinking and stuff. And like, I couldn't go over there because I knew if I went over there, I was going to have a beer, you know? And it was just like, oh, and it's that discipline of making yourself say, okay, I'm doing this for a reason, you know? And, um, so I am with you on the weight. I'm trying to eliminate toxins, any kind of toxin that I've been putting in my body. And I'll be honest with you guys. Um, I live life to the fullest and I'm not, this is exaggerating when I say this, but I got to change my habits and my lifestyle because I just like to just go. And that is one of the great things about being skinny is, is you can just eat a gallon of ice cream and you still weigh the same the next day. But the point is, if I keep doing that, I may not gain weight, but that's still not good for my body. You know what I mean? And I love this thing called the L-I-F-E that I want to be here as long as that I can. And so it is a, it's a constant battle no matter what side of the fence you're on. You know what I found too, and I, I don't mind. I didn't mean to turn this into a, a health podcast, but it's um, not. It's a conversation that uh, Hanley and Cass have all the time. <laughs> um, I think you know when it, what I've found is uh, the discipline, and, and I think this goes back to what we were talking about with with digital or prospecting or, or anything that you that you're trying to do. Um, you know, this this idea of discipline is something that I wanted to put into my life because I am not a disciplined person. There's there's absolutely I, I am not disciplined. I'm just not. I've I I'm I'm I start things, I, I move things, I transition things, I try new things, I love trying new things, I love learning new things, I love talking about things, and I am not a disciplined I'm just not a disciplined person. I'm terrible with with routine, I'm terrible with with um, staying on schedule, I'm just terrible with it. I, I could have three phone calls scheduled for a day and I could get zoned into an article that I'm writing and I'll just blow the three phone calls off. Now, if they're super important, I gotta take them. But the idea is like, I just, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm just, I'm, I'm not disciplined, I'm not. So when you talk about leveling up your life and and, and I think that directly translates into leveling up your business, the, the whole idea of discipline is something that I knew I personally had to work on, which is a big part of why I took on losing that weight. Because I said to myself, the only way now I still drink a, a ton of coffee and I love booze, um, though I've had to drastically reduce it to meet my you calorie have. goals. And, and yeah, so um, which sucks because I got this fridge full of great beer and I have to open it every day and look at it and go, man, I want one of those so bad and I can't. But, um, so it's 30 grams of carbs to, to drink one beer and that's for like a light beer. Right. That's, that's like, it's like a, 
It's like a sixth of my day's intake of, of, of grams of carbs, whatever. We don't have to get the macronutrients, like I said. So, um, so the idea of discipline is, I think, one of the defining characteristics. And if you don't have discipline, I think there's a couple of things you can do. I definitely think that you can get, can, can improve it. I feel like I have to a certain extent. Um, you said you and Joey Giangola have a bet as to how long I'll keep, uh, as to long, how long I'll keep Over the show under. going. And I think, yeah, the over under on how many episodes I'll do. I think it's I think it's super legitimate. Um, I have dedicated myself to doing this video show, and I have to keep with it. Now, one, I love it, so that makes it I think easier. It's great, dude. But getting them out on a getting them out on a consistent basis, and kind of saying to myself, like, it is even if I don't even if I don't feel like I want to create a video, and as much as I don't know if this will surprise anybody, but I don't wake up every day saying to myself like. I want to jump on video and go into performance mode today. Like that takes a ton of energy. Amen. Out of and, um, and so I'm actually working on one today and, uh, the day that we're recording this and like this podcast is going to suck energy out of me. I'm then going to do a video. So like this afternoon, I'm going to be toast. I already know it. And I wasn't looking forward to that. I mean, I was looking forward to this conversation and doing it, but I'm not looking forward to three o'clock this afternoon when I'm going to be definitely in kind of a bad mood and be low energy and not really want to do it. It does take an extreme uh, amount of energy to do, um, to be an agency owner, to do anything that you do. But I am so with you. I'm not trying to say Hanley and I have more, but man, when you're trying to create content, I mean, even if you're typing, man, your brain is going, you're trying to do a podcast, your brain is going. And that kind of leads back to what I was saying like about Tim Ferriss and what he's got me, it's not so much the physical. It's I'm trying to step away from alcohol because like I want to get, I'm thinking to myself like, dude, my brain is different doing all that stuff. Like, okay, I've done, I've lived that for 20 years, you know, ever since I, I really didn't drink even a lot when I was even in high school. But when I started, when I got out, I, I started doing it and I'd be lying into you if I didn't say that I didn't drink four or five times a, a week. No, absolute lie. But the fact is, is that I want that mental clearness. I want to see like if I really truly can eliminate toxins in my body, like what does my mind, is it going to be different? How is it? You know, and, and I look at people who have never drank and never smoked. I mean, uh, the president of our, of, of our country, I mean, we're not going to go there, but what I like, I, I have to admire the guy. He, he's never has, he has kids that never has, you know, it's not ironic that you don't really meet a lot of people who are losers in life that say, Hey, I've never drank. I've never smoked. I've never done drugs. No, usually it's completely the opposite, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, like, I, I don't want to say jealous, but then and again, I'm going to say it. I'm jealous of that. Like, can I get there? What's that like? You know, have I literally burned up every brain cell that I have? You know, um, hey, you know, and this is funny. I just thought of this. I can't remember, but what is it on Cheers? Um, Norm. <laughs> Norm said about drinking. Um, and man, I totally don't remember movies and stuff if anybody knows me. So this is funny that I'm bringing this up. But Norm says that uh, every time that you drink, uh, you start, you, you kill brain cells. And because the, uh, the, the process of natural, uh, selection says that, uh, the ones that are the weakest die first. So that actually when you drink, you're actually killing all the dumb brain cells and <laughs> leaving the good brain cells. So that was his idea of it. And I think that that's funny. 
But at the end of the day, I don't want to kill any more brain cells. I'm just trying to get there. And, uh, and it's very, very, very tough. Not to mention, I'm sure my boys now are 18 and 12. And so they're starting to get into that, you know, and now they've seen that their whole life. And I mean, when I say this, I mean, dad doesn't get drunk. I mean, when I tell you, say this all the time at my podcast, most of my ideas come from two glasses of wine. They really do. Two glasses of wine after 830 at night. And, uh, and the only difference is, is I actually pull out a Google um, a Google app and I will just record what my thoughts are. And then the next day I listen to them and just crack up and go, wow, that was stupid. Or, Hey, that's a good one. Let's try that. So that's, that's the only difference, but I'm trying to mentally, it's mentally focus in on trying to do better. And one of the things I've realized is my time management is terrible. That's, I think everybody, but okay, how can I stay more mentally focused with my time management? I've, I've got to sharpen that pencil in my brain. And so that's one of the things that I'm trying to do. Yes, weight. Yes, my physical. Yes, being in shape. Yes, having more muscle power and drive. But inside my mind, you know, that's that's one of the things that I'm doing. So as you can tell, we have ranted, 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 and we are now health of um, specialists is what we've done here at Agency Nation Radio. I do. I, 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 this is the last thing I'll say. I am. I am incredibly uncreative when I'm drinking. Wow. So, um, Ooh, yeah, I'm not it, like it. I have found that like uh, anything more than like a than like a beer, and I become. I just. I can't. I want to be sharp. Like when I'm writing and I'm creating, I want to literally be as sharp as I can possibly be because my mind sometimes is moving so fast that if I've slowed it or dulled it with alcohol, I can't keep, I can't keep the thought going. Like you get what I'm saying? Like I can't, like I'm, like I'm constantly trying to connect this dot to this dot to this dot. And how do I pull this back in? And, oh, I, I, I got this great piece of, of data on Evernote. I need to pull that in. And how do I weave this story in? And if I'm dulled at all, that stuff doesn't click the same way. It's that so, first 30 minutes. Um, that has it's that first 30 minutes, Hanley. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, if I've been drinking and it's two hours later, but that first like initial of, hey, I can tell you're not talking about when you're drooling. No, on no, drooling doesn't work, man. And plus, it'll like it'll like short out your your cell phone that you're speaking into. No, no, no. But it is. It's that first initial. That's what I like. That first initial. Hey, I'm starting to buzz. Bam. That's where my creativity works. Well, I have started to train myself that actually that creativity is already there. And actually, what's the great thing is is when I am. And Tim Tim Ferriss talks directly about this. This isn't Cass and Hanley having a crazy conversation. I mean, he has had this same conversation on his podcast, and he talks about the fact that it is there. And what's cool is is your brain doesn't get dull when it's not. So you can carry that creativity further. And so I don't know if he's full of bit malarkey, but I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm going to try this. You know, I've done it this way for 20 years. I'm going to try this and see what this happens. And, and so far it's been good. I got to tell you, my body has like rejected it. Um, I actually went to the, oh, to the doctor yesterday. Cause like, I, I've just been coughing and I got this bronchitis, but to be honest with you, <laughs> the doctor told me it's because, uh, here I am telling you guys that I've been uh, toxin free. I did go to Cuba. And so I would be lying to you to tell you if I didn't smoke about 10 Cuban cigars, that was the, that was my vice when I I was there and the doctor said, Jason, what's wrong? And I said, well, I don't know. I keep coughing. He says, you have bronchitis. He says, you've been out of the country. I said, yeah, I actually have. I went to Cuba and he looked at me and goes, did you smoke the cigars? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I did. And he goes, that's what it is, man. He's like, you, you can't necessarily do that if you don't normally smoke cigarettes or anything. And I, and I don't, I never, I, well, I quit in 07, but, uh, so yeah, so that, that being said, that's where I am now, but yeah. 
So now that we're 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 incredibly uh, incredibly <laughs> off track, talking about all kinds of crazy things, I, I'd like to rein us in and, and wrap this up. We've been going for a while, and uh, it's been great. I'm glad we had a chance to reconnect. Um, I think I hope the biggest takeaways are um, there. There is still nothing more important to your business today than uh, examining, refining, improving the customer mm-hmm. experience. Um, I think with that comes all the other aspects of your business. So, um, what technology do you use? How do you do prospecting? What's your, you know, how, what's your pitch to customers? What are the expectations you're setting? Who are the people in your agency? I think there's so many things that if you're examining this customer experience start to finish that come into that. And in order to achieve those goals, in order to do the things that you want to do that are no, that you know you're going to make your agency and your business and your, and your life what you want it to be. Um, you know, I, I think that, that there's, there's, there's really nothing more important than discipline. And if you know internally that you're not disciplined, like I'm not, uh, I married an incredibly disciplined woman and she keeps my feet to the fire on things. And I appreciate that about it. I mean, sometimes I buck at it just because, I mean, you know, and like, and like, blooded for the people guy. who have like, who have like suffered through this 46 minutes so far. Let me, let, let, let's give them a little treat. Okay. And here's what I want to say about the customer experience. I, of course you, you, as you know, I wrote, I wrote a book on it. So I'm very passionate about this. I wrote this book with the help of you because I listened to you and, and a lot of the things that I think that are right. And you're like, Cass, no, that's not. And I'm like, Hanley, yes, it is. You're wrong. I go back to my house and I'm like, okay, he was right. So anyways, here's things something I want us to think about the customer experience. Why the customer experience? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. But here's an example I want to give you. And then I'm going to, I'm going to staple this down for you. I literally have just moved all of my checking accounts to, uh, two banks, to us bank, which I already have all my, 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 most of my business accounts with, but I moved my personal accounts to regions. And here's the reason why they provide Samsung pay and others don't. I have these local community banks here, which I love them. Do not get me wrong. I feel guilty that I'm not supporting my local community bank, but I literally am tired of them not having Samsung pay. And if, and if it's Android pay, Apple pay, Google wallet, whatever. Okay. But they don't, they don't support it. And I went to him and I said, when are you going to get that? And they basically told me, cause I know the, the CEO of it. And he said, Jason, he says, we've talked about it. He says, it's just not something that a lot of our customers are going to use. And until it gets that way, we're not going to have it. I said, but I'm one of your customers. And he's like, yeah, Jason, but you're a little bit different and ahead of the time. So I have to suffer for that, right? Well, here's the deal. All the banks provide great customer service. And I would even say that people, well, excuse me, I don't want to use the bank. My community bank is actually probably going to provide better service than regions, but they're not giving me the experience that I want. That one little thing literally made me close my checking account and take my money, my $4 that I had, and I go and I had to put it into my regions account. And the reason is, is I don't even really like regions, but they provide that. U.S. Bank provides that. Okay. So here's the deal. Right now, There are people out there that are finding out that Regions provides a better customer experience than my local community bank. How are they finding that out? Because Jason's telling everybody. The reason why you need to have a a customer experience in your agency and you need to start right now is not because of Samsung Pay. But it's because of the relation and the idea of where I'm going with that. There's a couple things. First of all, it's much more productive and it's much more efficient. I've called it product, uh, productificency. That is a casism. I actually put it in Google, Ryan, and it's not ever been said. And here's what we have to, a productive, if you are trying to be productive, that is where you are doing more with what you have now. 
but yet a being efficient is doing less with what you have, okay? So that that is that is or excuse me, is doing less with the same that you have now. Okay? So that's efficient. So I have just the same employees, but I'm actually going to be able to do I actually got it all confused. I, I apologize for that because I was on something else. But anyways, I, I have it on one of my blogs and I'll get back to it in a minute. But here's what I want to say. It's actually a better experience and a better business model because it is more productive and is more efficiency. What does that mean? That means that if I'm creating a customer experience for my customer and they are in it and they are going through it, what they do is, is they will go out and tell other people just like I did with Samsung. And what happens is, is when those other people find out, they are easier to close. They are easier to become a business client of mine because they're usually essentially referred in. Hey, you should go to Jason and the Insurance Alliance because they provide me da 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 da. So when the person calls me, I got like a 70, 80, 90% closing ratio on that business, basically. Well, Think about how we have our models now. If you don't have a customer experience, what you're doing is, is you're telling your salespeople to go out there and try to find prospects, find prospects, find prospects and bring them in here. Well, we all know that we only have a 25, 35, 45% closing ratio with those prospects. So having a customer experience actually helps you make more money, but also in the return, it actually helps you drive your attention on the backside. Because what it it does is, is people don't understand the customer experience you have unless they're in the customer experience. But the great thing is, is when they're in the customer experience, they'll go tell everybody, which is increases your closing ratio, but also drives your attention because the person who told somebody else is not going to leave because of the experience that you're in. So this isn't just like you should do this because you're cool and it's what your customers want. As far as you as a business owner, you want to do this because it makes financial sense. And see, once you can start wrapping your head around the fact as an agency owner that it makes financial sense, all of a sudden people will start listening, Hanley. And that's why I really want them to start thinking about this. It's not like because you can have these cool gadgets and stuff. No, it's because it's the way you increase referrals. And referrals have a higher retention ratio. So that's that's the importance of why you should have a customer experience. So that was not so much wrapping it up as a as another diatribe, but I did like it and I agree. So it's all good, dude. Hey, tell everybody, uh, we are going to wrap this show up, dude. It is phenomenal speaking with you. Love it as always. Glad we had a chance to uh, record it and share it with everybody. Hope you guys didn't mind the whole health section. Uh, Cass, tell everyone where they can connect with you. Give them your call to action. Yeah, the call friend. to action is, man, you can hit me up at uh, Jason at tinsuranceA.com. That's like the insurance alliance. Jason at tinsuranceA.com. Um, you can hit me up there. You can find me or you can go Jason at growprogram.com, whatever, whichever way you want to find me. Um, but I, I'm out there. You can find me. I'm just going to give you one little shout out because I love it. I do have a podcast as well. I learned how to podcast from Ryan Hanley and it is agentsinfluence.com, agentsinfluence.com. If you go out there, uh, him and I are battling to have the best podcast in the nation, but you'll find out it's different things. But the real shout out I want to give is to what trustedchoice.com is doing. And I'm being serious about this. I'm not just saying this because I'm on the podcast. I could come on here anytime I want. Hanley's my boy. I'd be like, Hanley, I want to come on here. But what I want you guys to know is, is that trustedchoice.com is becoming better. They really, truly are. And I am a true story of that because when Hanley first went to trustedchoice.com and they came out with the monthly thing, I was like, oh yeah, I'm in on this. I'm going to do this monthly thing. And I got in and I was in for like a a year. And my wife came to me and said, Jason, we're paying this money, even though I think it was like $40 a month or whatever it was back then. And she says, we haven't got one lead off this. Why are we doing this? And I'm like, yeah, well, finally she won out and I, and 
I gave it up. And I said, Hanley, man, we're not getting any leads. We can't do this. And he said, Cass, one of these days, he said, give me enough time. Let me build the platform. Let me get us to where we need to be. Well, now we have been a trustedchoice.com, I think since... I'm going to say it's been about 12 months, might have been 10, might be 14 months, and we have received leads. We've actually received three leads, and uh, they have been, one was a professional liability, one was for a set of apartments, and then the other one was a personal lines. We didn't write the personal lines. We quoted the apartment building, and really, to be honest with you, the reason why we didn't get it has nothing to do with trust to choice or has to do with us. It was just a better decision. Um, the guy was a very, very good client. He just didn't understand some things, but the professional liability we did get. And we have since wrote all of that doctor. He's actually an anesthetist. Yes. An anesthetist reached out through us through trustedchoice.com. And we've now literally wrote their health insurance, their life insurance. That's just what Travis does. Travis is awesome about that stuff. So I really want to let people know. And here is if you, if I'm getting leads like me, like in Southern Illinois, like the closest town around me is like 15 to 20 miles away. And there's nothing but cornfields and pigs in between like me and these other towns. Like if we're getting it, like a place where my friends are aren't even on LinkedIn and they're like, what is LinkedIn? I mean, if we're getting it, you are. But to close up, efficiency is about doing the same with less and productivity is about doing more with the same. Let me say it again. Efficiency is about doing the same with less. Productivity is about doing more with the same. So I listen to Jason's podcast down here in Australia, and I want you to know that I'm coming to Grow Lab 2017 in the place they call Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm going to be there. I'm going to have a big knife. I'm going to have some shrimps ready to cook out on the barbie for you. If I can be there, you need to be there. October 24th and 25th. See you there, mate.